Yo! What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 9 of the Gamers Podcast. We are back, baby! Again. So, Manny, James, how you doing? Doing good. Happy to be here. Well, we were ready for another episode. Yes, it's been it's been a while, a little too long. (sighs) Don't you guys just wish you had millions of dollars and just not have to worry about bills? Yes. Yes. Yep. (laughs) All right. So for today's episode, we will be discussing the following Ubisoft taking games off of Steam. That's been creating a little bit of commotion um, in regards to the community and the purchases people have made um, from Ubisoft games. Um, Elon Musk backed out of the Twitter deal, so we're just going to be talking a little bit about that. But before we talk about those two topics, I wanted to ask you guys a question, and I think this is probably going to take a good part. It's going to take up a good part of our uh, episode today. So let's start off with you, Manny, and then James. What is your favorite video game series and why? Uh, for me, it would have to good be... Question. <laughs> yeah, that is a good question. Um, for me, it would have to be Resident Evil. Um, I still remember when I, had, when I got my first uh, RE game. It was the Resident Evil 4 for PlayStation 2. Um, I had nice. to finish it that same night. But sadly, you know, I had to go to bed for school. But, I mean, whenever, every little chance that I got, I would just play it until finally I completed it. And I just I became a fan after that. Um, I skipped RE5, but I went into RE6. I got RE7 and then just recently RE8. Um, I'm excited for the new DLC coming up. But, yeah, that would have to be one of my most favorite gaming series. Nice. <clears throat> and cause let's see, I'm trying to remember. Resident Evil 5, that's the one with uh, Chris Redfield, right? I believe so. I didn't play that one. I haven't played that one yet. RE4 was okay. with Leon Kennedy. Yeah. Because yeah. I believe Resident Evil 5... Um, what was unique about it is I think it it almost had like a co-op campaign. Uh-huh. And I remember at the time that was pretty groundbreaking for a Resident Evil series. And of course you had your, um, I guess the people that just take it too serious, they're like, no, you're ruining what made Resident Evil so great. Um so you ended up with like two different groups of people that actually liked it because they were able to play a Resident Evil game <laughs> with someone else. Uh-huh. And then other people, they were just getting pissy about it. And they were like, you're ruining what made Resident Evil so great in a survival series. So, yeah, I thought that was interesting. <clears throat> so then let me ask you a follow-up question on that, man. Sure. Um, rate your top five Resident Evil characters then. Oh my gosh. Uh, In no particular order, just so it's easier. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, First one would have to be Leon Kennedy. Uh, Whenever I do Mercenaries in RE6, I always go for his character. Um, 
My second one would be Ada Wong. Um, I could say Chris Redfield would be my number three. Um, trying to think. I do like Jill Valentine, so I guess that would be my number four. Um, oh, I like her too. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then last but not least, I'll go with Ethan Winters. Ethan Winters. Is he the one from this series? Yes, he's the one from okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Nope. All right, all right, all right. All right. James, what is your favorite video game series? Y por qué? <laughs> uh, I used to rate games just because I was on a, I mean, I'm still on the same kind of you know, I try not to buy a lot of games, but before it was like, okay, what can, um, what game can I have a lot of replay value in? What game can I spend a lot of time in? And I, I didn't really realize it until, uh, we kind of talked about this topic coming up that I still grade games the same, even though now I have like a lot of games on my hard drive. And before it was like, you know, Oblivion series or uh, Elder Scrolls series. So like, Oblivion, Skyrim, and then, you know, the Fallout stuff. And then Halo was always in the mix there. But, you know, looking back right now, I got to say, I got to say Destiny. And um, I didn't play Destiny 1. I started in Destiny 2 Vanilla, like right on launch. Um, I was there waiting in queue when Summit 1G was getting on and everything. I remember that. I was crazy. I was like, whoa. And, uh, you know, I, I was playing it on and off, but now I play it pretty seriously. Mm-hmm. And it just, uh, especially with uh, Witch Queen, there's so much to do. I'm starting to enjoy like build crafting. Um, I made my solar build that I really like. Um, and then I'm going to work on Void next. And then next season, which is in like if, like three weeks or, or less, we have uh, Arc 3.0, mm-hmm. um, which will add more build crafting. And it's just, I'm just finding a lot of enjoyment out of it. Um, I'm seized, I'm I'm pretty much max light now, so things are slowing down. I am kind of like, you know, looking at other things to do, but um, you know, just, just it's getting back on, uh, having fun doing things. Like they they designed the game to be very rewarding. You know, you get so much loot here or there, or you level up your seasonal rank. Everything is very kind of like rewarding and, and gamified it, they've they've done a real good job at, at kind of keeping your attention um which hasn't always been there like i said you know back vanilla d2 is kind of rough but yeah i just i just have a lot of value out of it and especially as like a content creator i just made my first uh um destiny 2 video um probably like a couple of weeks now a couple of weeks ago and it's been um my most viewed video as of recently, uh, nice. I've had some uh, how-to tutorials and how to use voice mod and stuff that I think it's in like 3K or whatever, you know, just because they've had issues with logins and I just show up on the search or whatever. Um, but this video, um, as of like the last six months, has been the most successful. It's not a lot of views or anything like that. And like the yeah. viewer attention is kind of low. I think I picked a good thumbnail um, to catch people's attention, but. Um, so it, it's as a, as a content creator, you know, I realize there's a lot of stuff you can talk about in that game. Mm-hmm. You just kind of, kind of got to experience it. And that's what I've been doing the last 
few months. Um, yeah, and I had I haven't had everything else that I'm looking at is like free games or something, you know, or something on Game Pass, um, or or maybe a really really good deal. Like I haven't had the need uh, to really dive into something huge, you know. Like everything else has just been like, you know, I, I guess Escape from Tar- Tarkov was is kind of a huge game, but I bought that like a couple years ago, you know. So, um. You know, especially Halo Infinite, that's on Game Pass. Yeah. So Destiny 2 has just been this extremely huge value. And right now it's my favorite. Uh, the story's good. Um, cinematics are good. And then I was watching this like short on YouTube where like, oh, if you're bored with Destiny, why don't you just, you know, there's things you could do. Um, try to start a dance in the courtyard or whatever, you know, all this silly stuff. But then one thing that was really neat in the video was they're like, why don't you could go at a random spot in a map on a planet and just sit and look at like the sky or something. And I was like, holy crap. Like that was a really good scene. I think it was maybe from Nessus or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, man, they, they, you know, they really make uh, the sky look amazing in destiny Two. just, you know, wherever you're at, the environment's really, really cool. So yeah. that's my, that's why my, that's my favorite game right now. Okay. So then <clears throat> I'm going to ask you a question, just kind of like I asked Manny. Um, which is your favorite guardian? And with it, what is your favorite subclass? Well, I'm my favorite guardian. <laughs> no, um, I, it's always going to be Cade 6. You know, his he was voiced by... Um, some of my favorite actors, or my favorite actor. I know there's two voices for him, mm-hmm. uh, voice actors. Um, so yeah, he's he's voiced by you know one of the voices. My favorite actor. Um, oh, he's just he's silly and everything like that. But he's also I, I don't know. I just really I really liked him. I mean, out of out of all of them, he was the one that was like you know during the Red War. He was like trying to come up with a solution to take the fight right back to the dude, you know, he mm-hmm. had no light and he was still trying to go fight. You know, I was like, yeah, all right on dude. Um, yeah. And like out of like what we have now, I, I don't know. They're all kind of equally cool. You know, I, I don't really have a favorite. <laughs> um, maybe, uh, Anna, I, I need, I may uh, name my daughter after her. So oh, Anna wow. Bay or Anna Bray, Anna Bray. Oh, okay. <laughs> So she's probably my second favorite, and if we're going with who's alive, she's probably my favorite. But she hasn't been in the scenes yet. She's doing something crazy with uh, Rasputin. Rasputin. So we'll see what Bro, she does. I cannot I bet, wait I to bet, see what's going to happen with that. Yeah. I bet her season's next. I think oh. I bet she's going to be like a main player in the next season. Or at least she'll be there. I mean, she has to be there. She's been in the in the background. So we'll, yeah. see, we'll see what happens. There might be a voice actor issue or something. Um, subclass, I'm a hunter. Uh, or okay. class, yeah. So I'm um, Hunter Main, and I like Solar. I thought we weren't gonna get Solar 3.0 this season. I thought it was gonna be one more, but they they dropped it. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's and it's been so fun. I love yeah throwing fire everywhere. It's it's been <laughs> fun. And another thing is like you know there's PVE to Destiny and PVP. So like yeah. there's I whenever I get on, I'm always like just mixing up my like, you know what I do, and I'm sometimes when I'm grinding for something, it does get a little tedious, uh, but just the game's just kind of designed that way, you know, to kind of keep you in a game loop. 
it gets tedious. Yeah. But with everything there is to do, you can kind of mix it up and, and go play different things and you not do the same thing for like 30 minutes or for the next hour or whatever. So it's kind of fun that way. Gunplay is amazing. I mean, it's the makers of Halo, so it's very familiar. So yeah. Destiny, man. Bungie. <laughs> Get on it. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Bungie, if you're listening, James over here, he loves your game, and every chance he gets, he's you know, very positive about what Bungie's doing. Because um, you mentioned of Vanilla Destiny 2. Yes. And how it started off, and, you know, it it wasn't the best start the way they like right. they revamped the, the the subclasses and this and that i still remember the first Static time i loaded up. And everything yeah um when i dropped my nova bomb and i was like what in the hell is that thing <laughs> like it was like a beach ball just floating like if it had a helium and it was just like very slowly yeah. and i just couldn't believe it i was like why would you change that from destiny one like you they had like everything they had where Destiny 1 left off, everything was already, like, perfectly set up, you know? Right. And you played Destiny 1? Yes. Yes, I did. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, they had fixed, like, everything had been, like, fixed in a way where, okay, if they were to make a sequel, they would just have to, uh-huh. you know, all the mechanics, all the subclasses, everything, just transfer it over. And then, you know, now that we're in the newer consoles, just make it look prettier, make it look nicer. You know, so granted, I know it was um, it was a sequel, and you know you want to change right. things up, but at the same time, there was just some of these things where it's like there was really no need for them to change some of those things. Would you would you say they they did it to um, maybe catch some casuals, like uh, or, or invite more casuals to play? Because I feel like when they're introducing Destiny 2, they added Lost Sectors, and that was, like, a big deal. They're like, oh, you can do Lost Sector solo, and, you know, this nice little game loop or whatever, and, like, that screamed to me, like, people that don't have a lot of time to yeah. play but want to get into something, they can go do Lost Sectors or whatever. It sounded like they wanted to uh, catch more casual yeah. players. Yeah, no, and, and, and I would say that that's probably something because... That move that they did, it reminded me a lot of... Um, did you ever play uh, Gears uh, Judgment Day? Gears of War Judgment? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, and <clears throat> like that one, they revamped like the... What's it called? The controller layout. And so... Because in the original Gears, like the trilogy and the Gears now, um, you would use your D-pad to select your grenade, shotgun your Nasher, whatever weapon, whatever you had on you. And uh, Gears Judgment, they changed it to you press Y. Like you were no no longer using a D-pad. And I remember people were just super pissed off about it because they were like, you changed the mechanics and, you know, like this is not what made Gears great, you know. And um, I remember, I think Ron Ferguson was his name. The, he was the lead creator at that time. And he was like, you know what? Sometimes you got to change things up to keep it fresh and to get more people to, you know, come on over. Um, sometimes they feel a little intimidated about the mechanics of the game. And if we can simplify that, they're more likely to come on over. And so to 
feed off of to what you were saying, I do think that D2 in the beginning was done that way to try and cater more to the casual gamers. And then, because mm-hmm. now you do see a completely different game, and there's a little bit for everybody. Whether you're a serious uh, D2 you know, gamer, or you're just a casual where it's like, you know what, I can only play like maybe two hours. I can't raid, but I can do a Lost Sector. You know, um, little things like that. The missions, they kind of made them a little bit like raidist, raid kind of, you know, little tits, you know, like little bits here and there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, despite all my complaints about <laughs> Bungie and D2, it's a lot of fun to see where D2 now is. And I can definitely see why it's your favorite. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. What about you? What is, uh, well, for you, myself, uh, my favorite, (laughs) uh, video game series is Metal Gear Solid. And right on. Yeah. Reason for that being, um, the first time I ever knew about Metal Gear Solid, um, was, do you remember when they used to have the demo discs for like PlayStation (laughs) in the magazines? Uh, Yeah. 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 And so um my cousin at the time, um, he was he was like he was one of the few in the family that had a PlayStation One and he had the demo disc and I remember just um always playing that I never played it, but he would always play that demo for Metal Gear Solid. And I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. And especially the snake character for some reason. I was like, Holy crap, Snake, that is such a freaking cool name. You know, and so as I got older, I had a PS2, and then I heard about Metal Gear Solid 2. I got it, and it turned out to be something completely different than what I thought it was going to be. I was not fully aware of Hideo Kojima and his style of creation and how he does games and all that stuff. And... I thought it was the coolest storyline and a lot of the topics it touches on. And looking back, apparently when the game came out, a lot of people were pissed off because um, the main character you play as is not Snake. Um, Hmm. And a lot of people were really upset about that. Me, myself, I wasn't familiar with the whole stuff. I just knew about the character. I didn't know that he was a pivotal character in the first Metal Gear Solid game. For the second one, I had a ton of fun. And then from there, I just started playing the all the games. The only one I never played was Metal Gear Solid 4, and that's because that was on PS3. And I only had an Xbox 360. But the moment they made an HD collection of Metal Gear Solid 2 and uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater, um, I immediately bought that. You know, I played it over and over again on my 360. And so I just love the whole uh, series, the the topics it touches on. Um, You know, especially about modern warfare and private military corporations and i mean there's just whole this whole plethora of topics it touches on 
And, you know, now that you see Hideo Kojima uh, coming on with Microsoft and let's see what he's going to come up with. It's, it's, I think it's a huge um, plus in regards to Xbox. And um, one of the things that they try to knock on about Xbox is, oh, you don't have enough exclusives, you know, like first party games or anything like that. And so I think this could be a game changer. Um, you know, we'll see how it goes. And yeah, I hope you're solid. That's my favorite series. And, you know, they have that infamous alert sound with the exclamation point <laughs> on top of the head, which I, you know, if you're a true gamer and if you follow games, that's where it came from. And, you know, it's a classic, classic sound. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I never got into that series. I know we have one. Um, mm-hmm. I bought it for my wife so she can play. She was, I, I think she played it, played the series. Uh, but I did play Resident Evil and I beat Resident Evil 2, dabbled in, I think, 1 and 3. And and then um, that's pretty much as, as far as I've gotten in, in the whole st- like series of games. So, but, like uh, the OG Resident Evil or the most recent, like the yep. remakes? Um, I've I've dabbled in the remakes, um, but I've beaten um, Resident Evil Two like in the OG days on N sixty four. That was so great. Yeah. Those those angle yeah, cameras, like the, the yeah the angle yeah. camera, like the angles for the camera, man. Mm-hmm. You just didn't know what was gonna pop up. <laughs> Manny, did you ever yeah, play any of the classics? Sadly, no. I haven't played any of the classics yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I did see gameplay of them. They looked pretty cool. But God, they look so dated now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's pretty interesting when you see some of these games and you're like, oh, my God. Like, you should totally play it. And then I think you, I don't know, it's almost like the, the old people thing where it's like, well, you know, back in my day. And then you see it. At least for myself, I see some of these games I played a ton of when I was a kid, and then now I look back, and it's like, man, I can't believe like this is what was back then considered to be like holy crap! This these graphics are amazing. You know, the fact that there was like some kind of like texture on their hands and stuff like that, and now it's like, man, the freaking guy's mouth isn't even moving along with what the freaking subtitles are saying like what crap is this mm-hmm. <clears throat> very true <laughs> so um let's now transition to our next topic and uh james i'm gonna let you take the lead on this uh tell us give us a background on what's going on with ubisoft and whatever sketchy business decisions they're making right so um upper echelon made an awesome video about this and uh, it basically explains that Ubisoft did what we all were talking about for many years and what we've all feared in gaming. Um, and I actually went to a GameStop the other day and me and my wife noticed, wow, there's not a lot of games here. Um, I don't know if they're cleaning out their inventory or whatever. I remember there's a big box at the counter. Um, and it was like sale or something like that. But really, the shelves were full of stuff. I mean, one side I'm pretty sure had every like a, just stuff to buy, and then the other side had like headsets, and there might have been like a PlayStation section. I don't even 
remember. I was just busy looking at all the trinkets you can buy. Um, and that's mainly, you know, re- the reason that's happening at a GameStop is because digital content, you know, um, I remember I was apprehensive about it when it first started to kind of be a thing, but when I was able to, you know, start my game from my, uh, couch or bed or whatever, and not have to get up, I was like, oh man, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. So I love digital problem is. Same. Uh, a thing called DRM. Uh, what DRM is, uh, it's called digital rights management. Um, Google says is the use of technology to control and manage access to copyrighted material. Um, so what usually happens on our consoles and everything is uh, every so often, the reason we have to have online uh, systems now all the time is every so often that game or whatever will send out a call to make sure you're not playing um, pirated games. And uh, the fear of these, you know, going all digital and stuff, because you always have the disc, right? You always have the disc. um, And, you know, you just need that equipment to read it, you know, um, but you can just maybe fix a hard drive or or, or fix your CD-ROM drive or whatever. If it's downloadable content that's always connected, always online, checking if it's hired or not, they can actually cut access. Um, and it says here um, on July 10th, um, looks like Nors um, on Twitter tweeted out the following. It says Ubisoft's making a precedent, in, uh, a precedent on Steam as Assassin's Creed Liberation HD will not be accessible following September 1st, 2022. Um, even if you already bought it, a bar low for consumers. Um, now, since then, they've gone to clarify saying, um, says here, I stated our support article, only DLCs and online features will be affected by the upcoming decommissioning. Current owners of those games will still be able to access, play, or redownload them. Our teams are working with our partners to update this information across all storefronts and are also assessing all available options for players who will be impacted. So the reason I wanted us to discuss this and put it on our history uh, for our episodes is we as gamers, we really have to stand up against this stuff because, I mean, retro gaming is a huge, huge um, hobby. You know, people will have rooms just filled with retro gaming and as you know we get closer to that retirement home age you know what are we going to play in the retirement home when you know our stuff is is decommissioned you know we can't download them or whatever you know so we have to make sure that these companies um keep the player in mind and say you know what you know as long as we can support it we need to keep these games available to to download and and stuff and and maybe even get rid of DRM because if they have to continuously have something checking their systems that is uh something they have to keep up and you know it makes sense that online features are going to eventually go away because new stuff is going to need their servers but you know stuff like DRM if they don't want to pay to keep that license check going and they're just like you know what well this game has been out you know has been played in 20 years or something like that or whatever let's just go ahead and 
have it uh, cut access to it or whatever. That's that's going to severely hurt our history of gaming. So that's why I thought I'd bring it up. You know, it sounds like Ubisoft is trying to do the right thing um, and let people continue to play at least the offline stuff. But it's still kind of a reminder saying, hey, this this can happen to to any of our digital content. I think that um, because the whole um, like Ubisoft is basically saying like you know what it's you know we it's not cost effective for us to keep um, supporting some of these uh, games because of the DRM and I think for anybody else to try to understand this it would be like all of a sudden. Um, AutoZone or Riley's or, or these car, uh, called car parts uh, stores, uh, all of a sudden saying, you know what, we are no longer going to carry any kind of uh, parts that um, that are for any cars um, past the 90s. <clears throat> and, you know, for a lot of people, it would be like, wait, what do you mean? Like, you know, there's, like you said, there's retro games people have a hobby with. There's retro, there's hobbies in regards to people and their old cars and stuff like that. So in this case, um, it would be almost something like that. And honestly, you know, think about it. It's Ubisoft. It's a billion dollar company, if I'm not mistaken. And all they have to do is just that little check, you know, which quite frankly, I think about it. I don't think it's too much for a billion dollar company to continue to do, you know? And I remember when the Xbox one was first coming out, there was this huge outcry in regards to, um, Oh yeah, it's going to, it has a 24 hour check. Um, and if you miss a 24 hour check for DRM, um, you're, you can't play games anymore. And I mean, there was this, it was this huge thing that Microsoft had to change. Um, that's when they went from Dan Patrick, I think that was his name, or no, Don Matic, Don Matic, or something like that, from him yeah. to Phil Spencer. And I mean, they made a ton of changes. You know, they retracted from that. Um, they were like, no, whatever games you buy, they are yours, and you can continue to access them. Um, you know what what does end up happening is consoles lose support but the games if you have the disc you can continue playing them <clears throat> and i'm glad that you mentioned the fact that this is something that can happen at any moment you know and sometimes some of these companies rather unfortunately they can be a little slimy when they do some of these things they try to do it quietly and I don't think they realize just how committed and how serious some people are in regards to some of these things. And they are on it. And the moment they see something like what Ubisoft did, um, all of a sudden they're like, oh, my God, we're, we're really sorry. You know, like this is what was going on. But it's like, no, 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 no. People paid for your product. The expectation is they will have access to that product whenever, wherever they want. And so for Ubisoft to do something like this, because I'm pretty sure I think they retracted it and they're like, no, 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 no. Like anybody that bought it, they can still continue accessing it. 
But I think originally, even the people that bought it couldn't access it. Correct? I believe that was that that was uh, what everyone thought. I'm not sure if that was they confirmed that or not. I don't think they made comment to when the announce. You know, once the announcement was released, I don't think they commented on it for a couple of days. I want to say, but they're also the ones that actually put NFTs in their game. Yeah. Um, and they will say that players don't understand the importance of NFTs in gaming. But if you could just kind of, you know, stop uh, access to your game, what's the point in having an NFT yeah. for that game? Mm-hmm. So, all right, Manny, I hear you texting over there. What do you think? Um, I was pulling up a article that I just found. Um, Share it with us. <laughs> Yeah, it's from The Verge. It was published on July 11th. Um, I was talking about those games that you were talking about um, being removed from Steam and such. Uh, So last week, Ubisoft announced that it would be shutting down multiplayer for more than a dozen games, also on September 1st. And four games on that list will have the Will Not Be Accessible Notice. The notice appears to warn players that their purchases won't be playable at all, but confusingly, current owners will actually be able to access affected games according to Ubisoft. As stated in our support article, only DLCs and online features will be affected by the upcoming decommissioning, Ubisoft Senior Corporate Communications Manager Jessica Roach said in a statement to The Verge. Current owners of those games will still be uh, able to access, play, or re-download them. Our teams are working with our partners to update this information across all storefronts and are also accessing all available options for players who will be impacted when these games' online services are decommissioned on September 1st, 2022. So it sounds like even though they're going to be removing the games from Steam, like they're trying their best to still make them accessible it's just certain features that won't be really accessible anymore mm. well all righty yeah so that's pretty <clears throat> yeah yeah and one major problem about like the future and, and what we're currently you know playing right now is when you get that disc from the store it's it's more or less like a code it's it's not like yeah you don't if you don't download the game off of it on your hard drive, which is is a shame because um, you pay so much. America, <laughs> even though we ha- we have a good uh, infrastructure for internet, we don't have the fastest. No, we Some don't. people will have to just let let that new game just download all day until they yeah. can actually you know play it. <laughs> Again, South Korea has like gigafiber for everybody. Yeah, granted, I know before yeah. people were like, well. Think about the size of South Korea in the U.S. And it's like, well, we're also the richest nation in the world. And why don't we have something like that? Whether you're rural or in the city, I think everybody should have equal access to good internet speeds. Bastards. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, um, hopefully other companies take notice of this and... um, they come up with a solution where, you know, people aren't as impacted as they possibly were before, you know, 
things kind of unraveled and Ubisoft is probably just kind of like, okay, we need to come up with something better. <clears throat> so uh, moving on to our next topic, uh, Elon Musk backed out of his uh, pursuing his goal to purchase Twitter. And that has obviously created uh, a lot of discussion. And I just wanted to ask you guys what you thought about it. So Manny, what do you think? Don't quite understand what his reasoning was behind him wanting to purchase it in the first place. I guess only just to have the rights like, hey, I bought Twitter. Woo. Um, but I mean, <laughs> why, why did he even decide to call off the purchase of Twitter? Was it because they weren't uh, agreeing on something that he had brought up? Yeah, so there is, um, they have their own algorithms and um, various uh, operations mm -hmm. um, that is uh, private. Uh and so when you buy something, you know, you want to, you're, you're allowed to look at stuff like that. And I believe they were, they were getting ready to give it to him or something. Um, and, and they didn't give it to him fast enough or whatever. And he, he said, well, they're withholding information about their company to, to show their real value or something to me. And I can't assess if this is a good purchase or not. So I have to back out. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I believe now Twitter's like, well, according to the contract you had signed, like if you back out, you are canceling, um, you're reneging that deal, and now they're suing him for not going through with his deal. Yeah. <sighs> um. So Upper Echelon again did another amazing video, a series of, of videos with uh, about this, and pretty much predicted this in the first video. Mm -hmm. Um. So basically what happened was test, uh, uh, Elon didn't just open up his, his wallet, you know, is, and, and pull out, you know, uh, a billion, you know, 400 and what, $420 billion. He didn't just pull that out of his wallet. Um, what he did was at the time Tesla, uh, stock value was, um, very, very high. It was inflated. And there was no reason for it. There was no explanation. It was just really, really high. Basically, it was about to start going down because the true value was about to start kind of, it was starting to kind of rebound and, and get to its true value, which is lower where it was at. So what Elon did was he, at the time, pulled money, his stock uh, value out of Tesla in order to fund this business um, uh, venture. I believe he pulled it out use it as collateral so that he could get a loan in order to um, offer the $420 billion. I believe it's $420 Ooh. billion. Um, so what that does now, now what that does is it, um, it takes, it basically turns his stock into cash. Then he takes that cash to, you know, Twitter or the offer. And then he says, you know what? You guys aren't doing uh, what I want you to do. I'm going to take this cash back. And he then, for whatever loopholes or whatever, Upper Echelon explains this a lot better. That cash now become now that now can go into his wallet, so he is now um, more wealthy, as well as uh, maintaining, you know, keeping uh, the value of his stock or whatever value of Tesla stock. He, he he's able to retain 
um, or, or pull out, I guess, at its highest value before it starts its dip. Mm-hmm. So, so if you look at at everything that 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 happened, you know, Elon basically comes out ahead, even if he has to pay the penalties of coming, you know, backing out of this deal and stuff. It's just like a billion dollars. Yeah. Which, when you have four hundred and twenty, what's you know, now you have four hundred nineteen billion. Okay, cool. <sighs> I wish uh, I had that problem. There's nothing. Don't happen. <laughs> <laughs> So um, at the same time, at the same time, um, another theory Upper Echelon had was this whole Johnny Depp trial and how his name was actually brought up in it, which would definitely have devalued anything that he was investing in or had control of. Right. Yeah. So if, you know, he's having bad press, uh, SpaceX, whatever that he is uh, able to uh, make changes with, that stuff goes down in value. So what he did was he went through with this Twitter thing. So now instead of the biggest thing he's involved in is this trial, the biggest thing he's actually, you know, involved in in all the search engines is going to be him buying Twitter. It sort of masks the search algorithm to where what he wants is on top and what is bad about him is sort of lower and on the bottom. I mean, mm-hmm. You know, we heard more about, um, you know, what Amber did to Johnny's pillow and (laughs) her weird faces she made and everything. And then just a little bit that, you know, Elon was, they were, you know, thinking about dating or they were dating and Elon helped her with a charity. And then James Franco was another uh, suitor or whatever, whatever. But those are just like very minor. But if you go look, you know, look up, you know, Google Elon, it's all about Twitter because that involves other people's money um, as well as as the things that he did and, and all that. So yeah. uh, very interesting, like it's nothing's confirmed, right? It's an entertainment video by Upper Echelon, but uh, it's all, it all makes a lot of sense. And it's a very intricate uh, little trail, yeah. little, little thing that Elon did. Little breadcrumbs here and there. <clears throat> Open up to interpretation. Hmm. You know, I actually thought he was going to go through with the whole thing. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. really, he really went after it. Yeah, he did. But I, um, I mean, to go after it like that, but like, yeah. I mean, to pull out that much money to go through that and then to just be like, oh, nah. You know, I'm just like, god damn. Because at the same time, for him to also be able to just be like, oh, never mind. It's like, god damn. <laughs> like, that, for you to just be able to do something like that and just back away. Yeah. <clears throat> and you're like, oh, I'll just pay the billion dollar penalty. And now Twitter yeah. is, you know, suing him and like mm-hmm. billions of dollars. Like I think I remember seeing an article. They were like, the only people that are going to like benefit from this in the end are the lawyers for both teams. Yep. Yeah. Because you know, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to make their, their millions and whatnot, get their bonuses. And it's just so interesting to me because sometimes we get, we get caught up on these stories and you know, <laughs> Like, our day could be shitty or something, but then it's just like, well, you know what? At least I didn't, 
you know, something, something related to some celebrity. Cause obviously those people, they think about us. Right. <clears throat> but, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have noticed though, um, in regards to Elon, uh, the way he utilizes his Twitter account, <clears throat> um, right. Is it just me or has he been lately a, like m- far more active with his Twitter account than in the past? Um, or is it just I'm not sure. I just content that he talks about now is far more diverse yeah. than what he was talking about before. Well, um, I know that he calls out uh, other other rich people and mm-hmm. everything like that. Um, again, <laughs> I watch a lot of upper echelon videos and he, he points this out. So it, it seems like, um, Elon understands how powerful, like the search algorithm can be mm-hmm. like Google and all that stuff and how keywords and what's trending and everything. Yeah. Um, he also, which is, which is kind of scary and it proves everything's a game, right? Uh, he could say that this NFT or this crypto coin is really amazing. That goes up in value. He can then all of a sudden sell it all at peak value and then be like, oh, it's trash. And then the value crashes. Yeah. You know, um, same with stocks. You know, he's he basically really hurt Twitter because he's pulling back this in investment and making it sound like it's their fault, which then hurts the other investors that are, are in, in the stock. And it just it just makes Twitch uh, Twitter look like a a uh, very bad company yeah. when they're when they nothing they haven't mm-hmm. changed value in the last six months or years yeah. or whatever you know it's just what Elon is is you know doing with his narrative and um and it seems like he also is able to kind of manipulate the search engine for maybe hiding whatever he's doing uh, any other reports or whatever about him and just con- controlling it to where instead of you know something about him and his factories or whatever he will it'll be about like him him calling out bill gates or something like that yeah. you know what i mean which which then he knows if if he blows that up that's you know tabloids and you know drama People media and everything is going to take over the search engine yeah so it, it seems like he utilizes the um the power of the internet use social media and everything yeah to um, control the narrative basically. Yeah. Um, which is, which is kind of scary in, in, uh, you know, if you're an investor and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Manny, are you doing some research over there? You could say that. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I was just wondering, like, did you find something or, uh, well, it's just the, the one article that I was, that I had shared, um, it's just kind of funny to me that he was wanting to pay, what was it, like $46.4 billion for this thing yeah. for Twitter. And then they're turning around and suing him for just one little billion. <laughs> mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of funny to me. But uh, yep. um, speaking speaking of billions, uh-huh. um, it is official. Bungie is now under the umbrella of Sony. Uh, yep. <laughs> it went through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so sometimes I like ugh, talking about drama. I like to go into like <laughs> Twitter and then see like what people comment because you know it's it's like it's with everything. Like if if Microsoft says, 
oh, hey, we're announcing the new acquisition for this, somebody will be like, why is there a mystery $300 charge in my account, Microsoft? And it's just like, this is not the place for you to comment that. You know, like, there, like, there's places you can go to to try and fix that. And so when... Um, when Bungie finally announced, like, hey, it's official, we are now a part of Sony, um, there was this huge exchange between people because one of them, uh, Sony mentioned about talking about exclusivity and, con- and exclusive content. And someone was like, well, like uh, Bungie said that they're not going to do that. And someone else mentioned, you know what? We remember when we had to wait. And this is something that we've talked about before. Like, you know, if you were on Xbox, you had to wait for certain, um, not DLC, just certain content in regards to like weapons or um, what's it, uh, cosmetic items or anything like that. For some of these things, you had to wait up to a year before it would come to Xbox. And so. Just like yeah. earlier we were talking about companies, it's like, you know what? We need to keep these companies in check and make sure they don't do this, they don't do that. Because they've done it before, you could say they're never going to do something like that. But because of these past experiences, people are, I think, understandably so, hesitant and suspicious of what this could mean. You know, will there be timed exclusive um, cosmetic items or weapons or is it going to be an equal thing where, you know what, just because we're part of Sony doesn't, doesn't mean that we're going to do those practices back then. That was more of like a maybe an Activision thing. Like, we're going to be fair. We're going to be equal. You know, every platform is going to get the same amount of attention and maintenance. Um, so I want to believe and I'm leaning towards, you know, you know what, Bungie's going to do good. And they're going to keep doing what they're doing. They're not going to give one platform a preference, even though I'm sure, you know, maybe PC, just in regards to how they create games and they use the PCs and stuff like that. But personally, I'm optimistic and hopeful. Yeah, me too. Uh, Bungie has has proven themselves, you know, over the years to think of gamers first. Um, Even though it was probably a good PR move to say they celebrated, but, you know, they did celebrate, have, they were very happy when they became independent. And and you could tell um, there was sort of a shift when things became independent. It was (laughs) smaller, you know, amount of content, but it was, it was, you know, we got cross play, we got cross save. Um, we got, you know, free content, um, like, uh, vault of glass. That's a free raid people can do in destiny too. Same with the dungeon grasp. I could be wrong about the dungeon, uh, grasp of Erebus, but my hope for the Sony acquisition is, uh, and the question for you guys is, um, I hope we get, um, some, um, uh, I guess we call it media, uh, on the TV or on the screen, um, uh, like a TV show or a movie show. Um, my question is, do we want a live action Destiny show or movie or do we want it animated? Because they did Spider-Man. Um, what was the, uh, the Spider-Verse? Spider-Man Into the Multiverse? Into the, the Spider-Verse. Spider-verse yeah. yeah, that one was really good. But then they also, 
you know, they did good Spider-Man, but then they also had Morpheus or Morbius or Morbius, whatever. Yeah. So it's like they, they, they can, they have, they can really do some good stuff, but they can also really do some bad stuff. Mm-hmm. So what do we want? A live action destiny or, or an animated one? Uh, Manny, go ahead. um with how halo by paramount plus came out and everything i am choosing the latter for destiny if they choose to make a show please make it animated (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) please remember the commercials they would do um and they would have it was it was i don't know if they still do them but it would always be like you know the guy in like basically destiny cosplay yeah and then he'd have his helmet off and it was like for the puppies and i'm like <laughs> man everything is cool here except that guy's face <laughs> like and how he's acting it's just it's like put your helmet back on bro really good except for that yeah <clears throat> no I, so manny wants animated yeah and, and i do think that she her reason for that is very valid you know just what we saw with Halo and the way things turned out. Um, I too would like something animated and I think that would probably make things easier. Like, I don't think the projects would take that long to develop compared to getting a cast together. Because you know that if they were to do a cast, well, who's going to play this character? Well, why'd you guys pick this character? And why is this person playing this character? But I think they're less inclined to argue in regards to I mean, if you get Savala to continue the actor that does the voice for him to continue with these, uh, you know, episodes and shows, hell yeah. You know, and we've talked about this before when it comes to the lore in Destiny. I mean, there is just a ton of stuff and it'd be freaking cool if they did a whole bunch of different series of talking about the lore, you know, and... Do, am I looking forward to the possibility of them making certain series that kind of let you know what the upcoming DLC is going to be about or some or stuff like that? Not really, but I think I'd be more inclined to actually spend money to watch that series to see what the next DLC is going to be like. Because have you guys seen um, Doctor Strange's uh, Multiverse of Madness? Yep. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And um, if you hadn't watched WandaVision, I kind of feel that you really wouldn't have any understanding as to why uh, Wanda was doing what she was doing. Oh, hell no. (laughs) You'd be totally lost. Yeah, you'd be totally lost. Mm-hmm. And I re- and I remember that was something that I was just like, I don't like the idea of, you know what, We're, it's almost like putting a paywall. Like, hey, if you want to know what the next uh, upcoming Marvel movie is going to be about, you need to watch this show and this show and this show and this show, which is going to give a lot of background um, into that stuff. And I'm just kind of like, you know what, I, I'm not... I'm probably not going to watch it just because, you know, there's a ton of other stuff I could watch, you know, and you shouldn't put a paywall for, for some of these people that don't have Disney plus could they get the information from someone else? Yeah, they could. But the point is you shouldn't do stuff like that. You know, 
like but, I uh, sorry yeah for... I don't know that's this is where <laughs> I lost my train of thought but anyways go ahead Manny <laughs> sorry to interject <laughs> sorry but oh, no, you're good. to counter that argument then how mm-hmm. would you even try to watch the new Doctor Strange movie if you don't have Disney Plus exactly <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. True. so you have to have Disney Plus in order to watch either or. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. What I, I, the reason, another reason why I had mentioned that it should be animated if they're thinking about doing Destiny 2 or Destiny itself in a show. Um, please, 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 please. If anybody important is, is listening to this, please get somebody that actually <laughs> knows what the thing is about. <laughs> please right. to, do not try to romanticize it in any way. Just please stick to the Lord. Stick to the characters. Do not try to make them stupid or anything. Or have just this character having sex with this other character and it makes no fucking sense. Just please just stick to the lore. Please. It's like, Savala, what are you doing with Savathun? <laughs> That's not even in the lore, bro. I gotta give myself a ladder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's just like with Halo, like there's just, like there's. I can't understand how they went down that route, you know, with the all the books that are out there. <sighs> so with Destiny, I mean, if they do end, if they were to do something like that, it'd be like, how would you like? How can you screw up something like that? You know, because there are books out there. And if you want to make it for casuals, well, the lore is out there so people can have a better understanding of this whole story and why it Destiny is such a popular game. And why to this very day, after almost a decade, there has been no true game out there that can actually be a what they call a Destiny killer. And so why not make stories and shows and stuff like that so that they can see like, dang, like that's, this is really good quality. The music is awesome. Cause I don't know about you guys, but the music for destiny. Oh my God. Yeah. It's, it's pretty good. It is good. It is epic. And when it's sad, even then you're just like, God damn, that music was just, you know, with Cade six and the music they use for that dude. God damn. You know? So, like, it's one of those things, like, there's no way, no way they could possibly mess it up. Especially, I think, if they do animate it. True. <clears throat> true. Yeah. All right. So, we're about to approach the hour mark. And um, before we get close to ending, I wanted to ask you guys one last question. Okay. You ready? Okay. Yeah. If the world was ending and you needed someone to help you fight, <laughs> which video game character would you bring with you? <laughs> oh, Master Chief. Okay. <laughs> From the video games. All right. Yeah. I'm going to have to go with Master Chief. Can't go wrong with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, he'll probably be the one that survives. He seems to always just kind of be the last and alone. But yeah, I would probably die. Uh, James, but yeah. he he would survive. <laughs> 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 yeah, 
You know what? Yeah. I, that was the very first guy I thought of. So, yeah, I would pick Master Chief, too. And if Master Chief wasn't available, then who else would you pick? <laughs> um... Probably be that guy from Doom. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, hey. Doom. Um, <laughs> I was thinking that. That's crazy. Damn. <laughs> Actually, I like that. That's a good answer. <laughs> Damn, man. Have you guys seen that? Like, who would win, the Doom guy or Master Chief? Um, hmm. There's, like, a ton of, like, um, I think I've gotten Reddit, a bunch of discussion boards about it. Like, people giving their two cents. And, like, some people are like, no, no, it would be Master Chief. No, no, it's Doom, like, the Doom guy. Because this guy is literally powered by, you know, freaking demons what does master chief have and somebody was like he has cortana you know but um you guys should check it out they bring up a lot of uh i think valid points in regards to comparing the two <clears throat> interesting what would you yeah. pick i would pick noble six all right on yeah mm-hmm. manny do you know who that is no, but I'm a Google. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like me to tell you? Yes, go ahead. Okay, so Noble Six is basically um, oh. the sixth character from the Noble team in Halo Reach. Yeah. Yeah. B312? Mm-hmm. And so they have... Okay. There's a whole bunch of theories with that guy, too. You know, like they're saying, oh, no, he oh. survived, and... Um, if you like, they should make it to where Master Chief goes back to reach and you know he finds Noble Six in the cave or and stuff like that. But yeah, <laughs> if Master Chief's not available, Noble Six is basically uh, another version of Master Chief. That dude died on my birthday. Oh, wow, is that good or bad? I mean, I know it's far off in the future, so at that point, I won't really care. I'll be fucking dust, so, you know. Hey, you never know. Twenty-five <laughs> fifty-two. <Just>, yeah. <laughs> you know 2,500 like, years away. <laughs> you know how old I would be? <laughs> oh, my God. 562 years old. <laughs> you're literally going to be that old lady from the Titanic. Oh my god. I wouldn't see. I wouldn't be able to move for nothing. As soon as you walk dead, and it's like, wow. The wind touches my face. <laughs> Instantly just disintegrates. Oh my god. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, I think that is it for today. Unless you guys have anything else you've been thinking about in regards to video games. Not that I can think of. No, no, no. no. I'm just looking forward to the next freaking episode. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, with that, Manny, would you care to sign us off? Yes, please. Don't forget to like, subscribe us on wherever you listen, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, whatever it's called. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, leave us a comment. If there's a question on Spotify, please, please try to answer that question. And thank you all for just 
being a part of this. Thank you for being patient, and we do appreciate y'all. Alrighty. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Have yourselves a good night or a good day, good afternoon, good evening, and we will catch you all on the next episode. Yep, see y'all. Bye.